This is a hat trick podcast. Oh, hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. All right. I'm going to... I've started recording. Don't open the post now. <laughs> well, no. What's in it? I've let my porridge go cold for this. God's sake. Do you remember your sex education? Was it helpful to you? Was it filled with scientific information rather than real practical advice? I'm Diggory Waite and this is The Real Sex Education. Each week I'll be joined by a guest, we'll impart our own sex wisdom, ask our own sex questions and we'll go over all the things they don't teach you in school. To bring this all together though, we'll need an expert, a sexpert if you will, but the only sex and relationship therapist I know is my mum. Hello, Mum. Hello, Diggs. Hello, guys. We're back again for some more real sex education. But as it's the holidays here in the UK, rather than give you a couple of full great whacking episodes that no one can find the space to fit in after all that turkey and stuffing, we thought we'd just do a couple of bonus episodes to keep you warm in the bitterly cold months. In case you missed it, in our last bonus app, we heard from Jess about what it was like to grow up with a sex therapist from mother before Kate put some sex and relationship questions from you, the listeners, to Jess and I to answer. Since that went down so well and Jess's fee is so unbelievably high, we thought we'd do the same again today. Mum, have you got some sex and relationship conundrums for Jess and I to answer? Mm, I do. Then let's get started. Okay, so Erica says... I've been seeing my boyfriend for about five months and I do enjoy the sex we have, but he stops once he's had an orgasm. I've told him what I like and he does that a bit, but seems to give up very quickly. I brought a vibrator to bed with us the other night and suggested we play with it together, but he found it very intimidating and told me he didn't like the idea of sex toys. I honestly don't know what to do. Oh, the age-old problem, isn't it? The age-old problem. I'll leave this to the ladies. Well, I, I think it's quite useful to get a perspective from both of us, Diggs. Oh, my mm. God, I can't believe I'm saying that. <laughs> let's let's a, a, attack this sex problem together, bro. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I do think that, you know, this is a common complaint from women that what they need in order to orgasm doesn't happen in bed. And mm. then the things that could help, like sex toys or a vibrator or something, are very intimidating to men because they feel like they should be the ones to make that happen for the women and it makes them feel inferior. Is my sense, maybe. Mm. You can... Tell us how you feel about it, Diggs. That's true. And so then you sort of end up in this situation where sort of nothing happens and the woman continues to get frustrated and the man continues to bury his head in the sand doing the same thing he's always done that just doesn't really work. And I think what would be really helpful is if everyone was taught in schools that every person's body is different and so there's no one sort of magic technique that will work on everyone and that part of a relationship is getting to know each other's body and working together to make everybody have the best time that they can and sometimes that does include using sex toys and it isn't a failing on the guy's part Mm. and I just I I think that if this lady could just explain that you know this is like Mm. what really 
works for me and I love it. I'd love to share that with you and for you to be part of it. Maybe he would feel better about it. I don't know. What do you think, Diggs? There's two things going on here. One thing I would say is that a lot of people subscribe to the idea, and I think people have said this on the podcast, people who've come on, said that it's like chivalry. You know, when you open the door for a woman, the woman goes first, ladies first. So that's why it's like, okay, as you know, it's an occupational hazard for gentlemen when they ejaculate. It's like a tranquilizer dart has hit them straight in the neck. As you know, that happens. That means that maybe you should change up the way you do things so that you maybe focus on the lady first and then the guy second. But I think apart from that, I think the sex toy thing is huge. It must be that people feel intimidated. But I think the way to frame it is to be like, well, if you could just buy a vibrator and that was what you were happy with, then you wouldn't have a boyfriend. Mm. And that's not happening. You guys are doing this together. You frame it in the way that it's like, no, you can use the toy on me and with the toy make me feel amazing and it's going to be great for the both of us it's going to be really fun what do you think mum as the actual expert here well no i i think you're both absolutely right but the, the other classic thing about this is that she's trying to deal with it whilst they're actually having sex so she's brought the vibrator to the bed unexpectedly and he may be thinking he's been doing a grand job Mm. and suddenly find she's appeared with a vibrator and may have been very nonplussed and a little upset by this. So I wonder if it would have been better to sit down and say, I love the sex we have together. What do you think about using a sex toy as well? Because mm. I'd like it to be even better. I don't know if I've mentioned it before, but I really like this. Mm. What do you reckon? And that would possibly be a little less threatening if he finds it, because you do hear about an awful lot of people who find sex toys threatening, mm. especially when they appear very suddenly like yeah. this. And especially the big ones. <laughs> Digs. Uh, have you got another question for us, Mum? Um, OK. Oh, we don't know who this is from, but <laughs> I wonder why. It says, I'm supposed to be spending New Year with my partner, but her cooking makes me sick. How do I get out of it? It's a bit late, actually, isn't it? But okay. What do you think, guys? Why is the partner the one cooking? Exactly. Mm. Just say, I got this, babe. Cook yourself. What if they're like, oh, but I got this new cooking book for Christmas and I can't wait to cook this thing for you. I know you're going to love it. This is so tricky, isn't it? But I do yeah. think, I think you have to be honest to a certain extent. No. Oh, this is hard. Come Mum, Mum, help. <laughs> well, but when he... When he well, I'm, I'm, oh, actually, is it, maybe it's a. Oh, we don't know the gender no. here, but um, I'm just thinking maybe this person is actually sick. You know, it actually makes them ill. My friend said that when I cooked chicken fajitas, it tasted like I'd fed her fairy liquid, and then it turned out that it's because there was coriander in it, and some people's taste buds make that taste like soap. So I wonder if there's oh. something in the food. Apparently, like. A proportion of the population can't tolerate coriander because of their genetics. Is that right? That's so interesting. Google it, guys. Google Dr. It. Google. Dr. Jess, you know everything. I was devoid, though, <laughs> until I, I Googled I, it. I thought you were going to be like, oh, yeah, I gave my mate chicken. And, yeah, it did make them very ill for a few weeks. I fed them salmonella. <laughs> Do you know what's great about this is, is thinking back. This Is this a plant? Is this aimed at me? Because I've had somebody describe my food as like battery acid. 
fairy liquids. <gasps> uh, like, I don't think I'm a great cook now, thinking about this, because that is the most direct feedback you could give somebody, and I still merrily carried on cooking for people. So I- I've taken the hint. I've taken the hint, if that's what this no, is. No, no, no. You're a wonderful <laughs> cook. You're a very good cook. Yeah. Thanks, so, guys. Uh, so I guess that this person actually needs to, a bit late now, but needs to sit down and say, what will we be doing? And if they are cooking, then cook together. Um, no, but or, that, and... no, no, you say that. Sorry to cut you off, but like, what's going to happen in a moment is go. Oh, do you think that's that's quite a lot of turmeric? And they're like, no, it's fine. You're going to cook together, but they're still going to make a lot of mistakes in the moment. Guys, I feel called out. <laughs> <laughs> You're not. But that, the, I, the thing no. is, he. I'm assuming it's a he. It might be a she, but has said her cooking makes me sick. So, um, <laughs> so. Savage. I, yeah, it's so savage. It makes me just think maybe they don't want to see them for New Year anyway. No. Maybe it's how do I get out of the relationship altogether? Because you would think that somehow you would have worked with this. I think that it would be a shame to end the relationship without directly talking about the thing that might be a deal breaker for you if this is. Because it's quite important mm. cooking together. So I think that... If you are going to piece out the relationship, you've got to do a truth bomb just before, see how he or she deals. And if yeah, it's not good... you've got to be tactful, haven't you? Because we're not actually calling you out as a bad cook, but you're still hurt and believing we are. So yeah, but I'm still going to cook for you, so... Yeah, but but this, but this <laughs> but it does demonstrate how easily you can hurt people's feelings even mm. when you don't mean to, doesn't it? So maybe they need to plan it together and maybe whoever it is needs to be saying... Oh, do, do you know I'm not a fan of coriander? <laughs> yeah. And in fact, if you look at this Google page, not many people are. Or could could we have the garlic on the side? Just play your partner this recording. Now then, that's a great idea. And then run away and hide. Just yeah. play everyone this recording anyway. Yeah. Exactly. We need the listens. <laughs> um, right. Well, if you have a query you'd like answered on the podcast by an accredited sex and relationship therapist, and not just Jess and I, you can send them in to podcasts at hatchet.com or via the Twitter hashtag RealSexEDU. Guys, before we go, we're going into a new year, 2021. What should people's sexual new year fancy? Oh, God, fantasies. <laughs> What should people's sexual New Year resolutions be? <laughs> I'm just reacting to you accidentally saying fantasies. Um, people's sexual resolutions. I don't know, Mum. I'm just wondering, Mum, have you seen any trends that you're like people need to stop doing this or people need to like start doing that? Well, they probably need to start having sex because there's an awful lot of people who've kind of given it up during 2020 just out of the dullness of life has taken all the fun out of it so mm. so i would say make your new year resolution to schedule some sex i think my new resolution recommendation would be to take the spirit of this year of like finding ways to feel connected with somebody else and feel sexy and to build intimacy without necessarily being together because that's so many couples have had to go through yeah. that haven't they mm. and actually yeah. that's really important sex isn't just one thing that we all think of you know like penetration it's so many other things mm. isn't it so absolutely so as yeah we often say. bring that with mm. you into 2021 but leave all the other <laughs> shit behind I'd yeah, say. yes my my uh sexual new year resolution is just to have sex once <laughs> <laughs> and so that was the fantasy as well wasn't it it was just the the oh. two have just m- merged <laughs> fantastic i yeah. i I, uh, I hope your all your dreams come true in 2021 dicks but do not tell me about it <laughs> don't worry you don't have to hear about it because it won't happen <laughs> um jess 
two bonus episodes up, two bonus episodes down. It is tradition around here that we ask all of our guests at the end of each episode, how is it for you? Was it good for you too? Oh, fuck my life. <laughs> <laughs> how is it for me, bro? Um, yeah, you know what? I think you guys are so great at what you do. I'm really proud of you and I've loved being part of it. Aww. So thanks. Thanks, Jess. Aww. Fantastic. Well... Thank you, everyone, for listening to these bonus episodes. Hopefully, they've been worth the extortionate amounts that we paid Jess to do them. Uh, we'll see you in the same place in a week's time when we invite Dr. Thaddeus Burchard on to talk about sex addiction. It's very fascinating, so we'll see you there for that. Until then, thank you to our resident matriarch, Kate Campbell. Thanks, Mum. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, guys. It's been great. And Happy New Year. Thank you to Jessica Waite for taking the time out of her busy schedule to speak to us. Thanks, Jess. Thanks so much, Diggs, and cheers, Mum. And thank you for listening. We'll see you next week for some real, actual sex education. Happy New Year, everyone. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to The Real Sex Education, which is hosted by Diggory Waite and Kate Campbell. The show is produced by Diggory Waite, and the executive producer is Andy Goddard. The Real Sex Education is a hat-trick podcast. This podcast is based on the real-life relationship between Diggory Waite and his mother, accredited sex therapist Kate Campbell. The show is therefore inspired by, but otherwise unrelated to, the TV show Sex Education. But yes, Diggory does wish his mother was played by Gillian Anderson. 